Good morning, church. It's good to be with you. Uh, decisions, decisions, decisions. Decisions can be tough. Would you agree with that? Uh, decisions that we have coming up, that we're anticipating, um, uh, maybe that we see uh, in, in, in the, the near future as well as those, those decisions that we see uh, potentially in the far off future, uh, decisions can be a hard thing. And, and so oftentimes as Christians, if you're anything like me, uh, we come uh, to places like this seeking a guidance from the Lord, like, give me the answer on the decisions I need to make. Right, we, we have all sorts of, of big and small decisions uh, that we want to know how God is going to interact with our decision uh, in order for us to make the right decision, right? Like, God, give me the answer, right? Uh, show me the money, if you will. We want, we want to make the right decisions, and so we come to the Lord and ask Him to give us guidance. So how is it that we make decisions? According to God's will, His plan. How is it that we organize our lives in such a way that, that we can come and make good decisions that are in the will of God? Marriage. Now, some of you, it's too late, okay? You've already chosen. But... But when it comes to marriage, sometimes we're, we're asking the question, is he the right one? Right? Is she the right one? Should I get married? Should I not get married? Are, are, are they the one for me? Uh, maybe we ask it about our careers. Maybe our work. God, is this the right job? Is this the job that I should be doing? Uh, it, should I go to another job? Uh, should I do a, something else, something different, something new? Uh, sometimes it's about location. It's about our geography. Is this where I should live? I'm not sure that I like the weather where I live right now. Should I live here or should I live in Hawaii? How many of you are for Hawaii? Well, none of you, evidently. Okay. Uh, you know, sometimes it's like, should I, should I live here or should I live over here? God, where would you have me to live? What would you have me do? Purchases? Any major purchases sometimes? Right? Should I buy this house or the one across the street? Should I buy it, uh, should I buy it and it's this age or, or that age over there? Should I buy it and it's a fixer-upper or it's move-in ready? Right? Uh, sometimes we, we want to God's uh, direction in making these kinds of decisions uh, for our lives. Some of you are younger. Some of you are looking toward college and you're going, what college should I do? What, what college should I attend? Should I go to college at all? If I do go to college, what should I study? And we're all looking up to, to the heavens going, okay, all right, God, you know, here I am. Pay up, right? G give me Give me some bit of wisdom. Give me some bit of guidance so that, so that when I come to make this decision, I know that I've made the right one. It can be absolutely petrifying, can't it? Aren't sometimes decisions that we make, don't they, uh, isn't there like an inner angst in our bellies when we get up in the morning, we're thinking about it? I don't know, should I do this? Should I not do it? 
And sometimes we go, yes, I should do it, absolutely. Uh, you know, this is what I should do. And then the next morning we wake up and go, what was I thinking? This is bad, I shouldn't do this. Where is God in all of that? Well, this morning and over the next couple of weeks, I just want to begin to allow you to feel free to make decisions in God's will. I want to walk you through some components this morning uh, of just what it means to, to understand some, some essential things about what it means to make decisions in God's will, uh, to really set you free, to make really good decisions, all under, all under the guise of making decision that God can get behind, all under God's will. So there's a couple of things this morning that you're going to need to understand about God's will. And then you're going to need to understand some things about not only God's will, but really about your decisions in making decisions about what's under God's will. Okay? So let's start with God's will. God has a plan. Are you aware of that? I believe the Scripture tells us that God does have a plan. He's got this, if you want to get really technical, uh, there's a big word. It's sovereign. He has power and might and control, right? Uh, God has a mighty big plan. And He is going to engage us in that plan, but He is going to head in a direction, and He is going to make sure uh, that we get to the destination, okay? If you wanted to look in a passage, one of the passages, one of the passages, one of the many passages that really speaks of God's uh, big plan, His sovereign will, Ephesians chapter 1, if you want to join me there, uh, page 814 in the Pew Bibles in front of you. And Paul is talking about a number of things here in Ephesians 1. What a a beautiful chapter, really talking about so many things about God. And he he pauses for a moment and he wants to talk about God's will. God's will. His grand plan. And all I just want to say is that God has one. God has a plan. Alright? Are you ready? 814? You're ready, aren't you? You, you guys were, you came in, your Bibles were already open. Ephesians 1, verse 11. In Him we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity, uh, everything in conformity with the purpose of His will in order that we who were the first hope in Christ might be for the praise of His glory. And, and on he goes. Here's what I, I, that little snippet. According to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. God's got a plan. He has a plan. Now, here's the thing about God's sovereign, big, giant plan. Sometimes we don't know what that is. Now, that can be frustrating to us, but uh, but sometimes it's one of those things like Jeremiah talks about. Sometimes his ways are not our ways, right? Sometimes uh, we, we think the plan ought to be this, and God knows that he's heading the ship in this direction. Uh, maybe the best illustration that I've heard about this over the years is uh, imagine that all of us are on a giant road trip together. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? 
It's like the amazing race, but only you get to be there with all your church folks, right? So there you are, and you, we are on a road trip together. It's, it's God's destination unknown trip, okay? You're on the ship. I'm on the ship. And we're making decisions every day, uh, but none of it is going to affect where that ship goes. God knows where that ship is going, and He's going to make sure, regardless of the choices that you make while you're on that ship, that the ship makes its, its de final destination. Are you with me? It's like as if all of you got to go on vacation with me. Alright? Now let's say that I know the destination, but you don't. And for some odd reason, you decide to come with me anyway. And you get in the car, and you begin to say, hey, can we stop over here? And I say, sure, let's go stop over here. And I'll, I might even use the choices that you make to show you something that I needed to show you uh, so that you could finally get to the destination. But I know where we're going, and we're going to get there. And if you have ever driven with me, you know that we're going to get to there. And God's universal, sovereign plan is a little bit like that. God may know it, and we may only know it in hindsight. You get a little bit of that in the Old Testament with the, some of the characters that we have, right? Uh, God comes and He speaks directly to Abraham, and He says, Abraham, this is what I want you to do. I want you to drop everything, even in your ripe old age. And I want you to, to, to sell everything off, and I want you to go to a country that I am going to show you, and I'm going to make you into a great nation, and this is going to be a great plan. I'm just not going to tell you what it is yet. He goes up on a mountain. Eventually, he has the child that's going to be uh, the seed for this great nation to come about, and he says, okay, now I want you to take him up on a mountain. I want you to sacrifice him. Oh, okay, wait a minute. Now, now we, we don't get the sense that Abraham pauses there. He, he shows extraordinary faith in taking Isaac up on the mountain. He takes the knife. Maybe some of you remember the story. He, he puts him on the altar. He takes the knife. He raises it, and, and that's when God says, now wait, Abraham. Abraham, I know, I know that you believe in me. And he says, wait, there's a ram over there in the bushes. Now, Abraham doesn't know the plan. Abraham doesn't know the plan, he just trusts that God does. Are you hanging? Abraham doesn't know the whole plan. He just trusts that God knows where he's going. And so when God says, go, Abraham says, okay, I'll go. So when we make decisions, sometimes uh, what we have to realize about God is that God has a plan. We're on the ship. Uh, we may not know all of the details of the plan, but we have to trust that He has the final destination in mind. We know how the story ends, by the way. The Bible does tell us that. We just don't know all the details in between. In the end, Jesus is going to come back a final time. And all those who have believed in Him are going to be caught with Him. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And, and guess what? We all get new bodies. Somebody say amen to new bodies. And, and, and we're, you know, what is it going to be? I don't know, but it's going to be amazing. We know how the story ends, but we don't know all the things in between. 
God doesn't give us that. So we know that there's a large plan, that God has a plan in mind, that the ship is heading in that direction. Now, is this the only bit of God's will that we can understand? Well, no. There is, there is a universal will that God has. Uh, and this universal will that God has is a will that has been revealed Here's what that means. It means that God, in so many different ways, has revealed Himself, has uncovered Himself, has unveiled Himself, and His commands to you and I, all of us, so that we might obey them. Are you with me on this? God has revealed a universal will. Now, stay in, in the book of Ephesians. Uh, later on in the book of Ephesians, as he's talking to these Christians, uh, he begins to, to give them some commands. And later on, he, he says uh, in chapter 5, verse 17. So go over there. Turn to chapter 5, verse 17 in Ephesians. And he begins to say, hey, you need to know what this universal will of God is. He says, therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And he goes on and he begins to name some very specific things about what the Lord's will is and is not. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your, in your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. There is a, a will that God is revealing to everybody. That everybody can know. There's a passage in Romans. Many of you probably know this passage. Uh, Romans chapter 12. Glorious passage that it is, Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. He goes on, he says, Don't conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God has a sovereign plan, and He has a universal plan. And that is one that we all have to fall under. Now, some people, I have a feeling, think that God doesn't want to reveal Himself, that He's like the Easter Bunny. We do not serve an Easter Bunny God. God is not going around hiding little pieces of His will underneath a bush so that we can go and find them. This is not how God operates. No, God has revealed Himself not only through His Word, but through His Son. He came down so that He might fully be revealed to, to humanity uh, so that we all might understand and obey. Uh, how many of you can obey an unclear instruction? Anybody? It's hard to obey an unclear instruction. Uh, God is not trying to uh, make it difficult for us to obey Him. He has come down and given us His Word so that we might clearly understand what His will is and so that we might obey. 
And yet, when I come to this particular issue of how is it that we make good decisions under the guise of God's will, oftentimes what I met with is folks who think that God has this magic blueprint. That God has this, uh, this, this um, GPS device for His will. That somehow I have to try and figure out what it is that God is asking me to do. That God has one and only one path for me, and then if I mess that up, if I don't get the absolutely right decision every time, then somehow my whole life is just messed up. But that's not God's will. God's will, I made a list of things found throughout God's Word that begin to Help us understand what God's will is. Listen. God's will is that He wants people to be holy. That we would be imitators of Him. God's will is to have people understand and know His Word. God's will is that people would have faith or trust in Him. God's will is that people would live in community like this and have peace with one another. God's will is that all would be saved. God's will is that all could come to repentance and confession of who He is. God's will is that all people and all races, colors, languages, peoples, tribes, and nations would be part of His family. God's will is that we would understand and be a part of His unchanging character. God's will is that we would work, that we would have vocation, that could glorify Him. God's will is that we could worship and glorify His name. God's will is that we could proclaim His message. Uh, God's will is that we would love and be loved. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Uh, you see, God's, God's will, God's will, gang, is not a blueprint. It's not a GPS device. There's not one and only one choice. There's lots of choices that you can make that are still within God's will. And it's a mistake for us to begin to think uh, that I can only make one choice. That would be entirely frustrating, wouldn't it? There's only one choice I can make about who I should marry. And if I make a mistake, uh, then not only have I messed it up, I've messed it up for them too. Because then they've married someone that they shouldn't have married, and then the whole thing, then, then just me doing it one time means that I've not only messed up for myself, I've messed it up for all the rest of humanity. And sometimes, unfortunately, when, uh, when people have this idea that God's will is a blueprint, uh, that it's a GPS device, what ends up happening, uh, you know, you get six years, seven years into a marriage, and, and there's problems that begin to arise, and they say, oh, that must not have been the one. That must not have been the one. I must have made the wrong choice. But God's will is not a blueprint. God's will is not a GPS device. God's will is a compass. It gives you direction. It gives you guidelines. So you begin to ask an entirely different set of questions. You see, God did not make us mindless people. Christianity is not mindless. 
When we're making decisions according to God's will, we look under the umbrella of all that God says and we say, hey, can I make a decision under that umbrella? Yes, no, maybe. He's given you a mind that you might use it. You're not stupid people. God knows that. He created you. The definition of maturity is not for God just to continually make all the decisions for you or to frustrate you because uh, you're trying to find the right decision and you always think you're making the wrong one. Maturity is for you to begin to make the decision under God's will and say, hey, I am free to make this decision fully and finally and know that I can go with God's blessing. That's maturity. We're not mindless. Look at uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. He begins to tell us a little bit that this will of God is not mindless. Romans chapter 8, he says, verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It doesn't uh, submit to God's law, nor can it do so. But those controlled by the flesh cannot please God. In other words, hey, where's your mind? Uh, that's why he comes back later in chapter 12 and says, hey, uh, be renewed by, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God gave you a mind that you might open up His revealed Word and what He's asked you to be obedient to. And you might come to a decision about who you should marry or where you should go, about whether or not to make that big purchase, about whether or not to move your family, whether or not to take that different job, that different career, where to go to college. And there are a thousand different decisions that you can make that are all under God's will. And you're free to make them. And He's given you a mind to be able to do that. And do so confidently without feeling frustrated or discouraged or feeling anxious that you've made the wrong choice. So what is it that we should do with God's overarching will? Well, we should be wise, right? If we're in Ephesians, uh, again in chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, earlier than the passage that I just read for you in verse 15, He says, now, be careful how you live. He's coming to the end. Uh, he's talking to the church. Uh, he's already told them to be imitators of God. Uh, he says, be wise how you live. Not as, or be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Gang, we don't have to sit on our hands waiting on a special sign from the Lord with every decision that you make. You don't have to get up in the morning and go, well, God, should I have Cheerios or should I have grape nuts? You can make that decision fully and, and finally within God's will. It's okay. Make it. And you can make that decision, quite frankly, just as easily as you can uh, with the house that you want to buy or the ca car. And you begin to ask different sets of questions. 
you begin to ask what James says in chapter 1 of James when he says, hey, uh, when you come against all sorts of things that you're going to encounter in this life, trials, temptations, etc., etc., he says in verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. You want to begin to make great decisions? Seek wisdom from the Lord. And maybe begin to pray differently. Oftentimes when uh, I have been encountered with this sort of situation, people, uh, again, begin to ask the question, okay, God, I'm praying and I'm praying that you would reveal whatever your blueprint for my life is. But if you begin to understand that God's will is not a blueprint for your life, that He's given you freedom of choice to use your mind to make the kind of decisions uh, that are under His overarching will that He's revealed in His Word, then you can seek wisdom. And so your prayer, instead of being, Lord, uh, point me to the decision, you can begin to say, uh, Lord, help me submit to your word here. If there's anything in your word that you've revealed that will keep me, if I make this decision that would keep me from being obedient, would you reveal that to me? Uh, You can begin to say, Lord, am I capable of doing this decision? Uh, maybe it's a career opportunity and, and, and you are really interested in it and you've sought the Lord in prayer and, and he, is, uh, he has said, yeah, your, your motives are clear here. You have sensed that your motives are clear, that you could obey the Lord under all of His will. You could pursue holiness and yet uh, perhaps wisdom would say, you are not capable. You do not have the skill set to do this job. Uh, my kids generally will be watching a basketball game or something on television. And, and my kids, just the other day, in fact, they said, Dad, why don't you go into the NBA? I was like, hey, all right. And my kids think I'm going to the NBA. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Okay? Um, well, you can see the problem, okay? Okay? <laughs> I'm never going to the NBA, all right? Uh, I came off the bench for my high school team, all right? So, so I'm never going to the NBA. I may desire to go into the NBA. Uh, I, may, I may know that I could make a decision to try and go to the NBA, uh, but wisdom would not have me do that. My wife, in response to our children, uh, she said the other day, do you, do you like the house that you live in? Do you like the food that you eat? Why would she say that? Because she knows we would go poor if I tried to go play in the NBA. It would not be wise for me to do that. Why? Because I'm not capable of doing it. Right? And so you begin to ask the questions uh, both of God and of yourself. Uh, Maybe uh, the wise question would be, Lord, would you provide a group of people that could be honest with me about what it is that I'm seeking. Uh, Maybe it is that marriage. Maybe it is the college. Maybe it is the career. Maybe it is the purchase. And and you begin to say, God, would you provide the Christian people around me that would be absolutely truthful with me about this decision so that I can do it and honor you in it? You see, that's way different. It's way different. It's way more freeing when we can say, okay, I'm going to seek wisdom on this decision 
Not just the one answer that I think maybe God has. Seek wisdom. And here's the final thing. Your preferences do matter. Your preferences do matter. Uh, Do you know that like God has wired you a certain way? Like we all have different hobbies and different experiences and things we like to do, right? Uh, Some of you, uh, some of you like to paint. Uh, Some of you like to take pictures. Some of you like to take, um, you know, like uh, take a card out onto green grass and and hit hit with a stick and with a little ball and try and get it in a hole. Some of you love that. Uh, some of you like to, to do woodworking. I mean, you have passions, uh, things that you love and enjoy. Now, oftentimes it seems like when we come to God's will and decision making, we think somehow we have to throw all of that away. That that. Uh, that really what God wants us to do is the thing that we don't want to do most, right? Like, maybe, maybe some of you are like, I can't stand kids. Like, m- maybe you're just that person. Don't raise your hand, okay? Um, but maybe you just don't, right? Maybe it just causes, like, great anxiety in you. And, 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 and Brenda wants you desperately to come work with kids. And you've got to be honest with yourself. Like, I would probably pass out if I did that. And yet something in you is like, well, I probably should because, you know, God doesn't want me to enjoy this. No, no. You know what? I, I love to travel. It's one of the things that, that I grew up like, man, I want to visit as many places in the world as I possibly can. And I've been able to make decisions fully within God's will. I've been able to go to different continents. I've been in China. I've been in Africa. I've met some tremendous people literally around the world. God's provided the opportunity for me to be able to travel. Now, just because those opportunities became available, should I go, well, no, no, I know that God doesn't want me to even though I really enjoy traveling. No, No, absolutely not. God has given me the freedom of mind to make those decisions and go on those trips and enjoy those experiences. And I can fully come under the guise of His will and say, hey, I know that I I am being obedient to Him. I'm seeking to glorify Him in this. My motives are right in it. I have other people around me that are saying I'm capable of doing this. And I can do it and not feel guilty or feel anxious or feel discouraged that I haven't made the right choice. I want to tell you, God's will for you is not a roadmap. It's a compass. This is the compass. And when you can open up the Word, And just begin to be obedient to the clear commands of God. Then you're in God's will. So take the compass. Throw away the GPS. And follow His will. Let's pray. Lord, we love You. And I thank You so much for the freedom that You've offered to us. Lord, I pray that we could be enough in Your Word to recognize what Your will is. And I pray, Lord, that we will live to the guidelines that you've provided. That we will confess ourselves to you and live the way that you would have us to live. 
Lord, I pray that we would be free this morning to make all sorts of decisions knowing that You will bless them. Knowing that they're under Your will. Lord, I love You. I thank You for Your goodness to us. I pray all this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.